morning. It's February 7th. It's Wednesday. Uh, Here in the Northeast, we're preparing for winter storm Liam to pretty much pounce on us and create a lot of problems. So we're kind of shutting down here, but I have your quote of the day, which is winning doesn't always mean being first. Winning means you're doing better than you've ever done before. And that comes from Bonnie Blair, Olympic gold medalist in speed skating, born in 1964. So that's your quote of the day. Stay safe. Today's horoscopes by Linda C. Black Astrology. Thursday, February 8th, Aries. The next two days favor travel and exploration. Push your boundaries and frontiers and try new ideas, cultures, flavors, and points of view. Taurus, a formidable barrier blocks the path. Work with someone who can see your blind spot. Join forces with a strong partner for mutual support. Gemini, increased demand for your work could tempt you to blow off your exercise and health routines. Don't give in. Your practices energize you. Cancer, prioritize fun and romance. Don't get talked out of what you want. Avoid a conflict between love and money. Simplify plans down to the essential. Leo, resolve a domestic issue by listening to all concerns and expressing your view. Work out a practical solution with your family. Provide treats. Virgo, consider your subject from a different perspective. A philosophical shift can reveal hidden creative opportunities. Express your view in words, sound, or images. Libra, there's more money available, but you can't do everything. Proceed with caution or risk breaking something. Get support if needed. Invest for growth. Scorpio, when you're hot, you're hot. Take charge for powerful results. You can do more than you thought. Have faith in your own imagination. Sagittarius, rest and recuperate. Plan your upcoming moves and make preparations. Meditate by walking in nature, doing art, or playing music. Soothe your spirit. Capricorn, invite participation and share resources with your networks. Collaborate and coordinate team efforts. Together, you're a force to be reckoned with. Aquarius, prepare for a professional inspection. Old assumptions get challenged. Hold your temper. Strike out in a new direction and go for the big prize. And last, Pisces. Duty calls. Resist the temptation to run away. Handle responsibilities before dashing off. Adapt to changing circumstances. Study and explore options. And those are your horoscopes for Wednesday, February 7th. February 7th, Today in Rock. 1957, Iraq bans the films Rock Around the Clock and Bus Stop, saying they're dangerous to teenagers and youths. 1959, Buddy Holly is buried in Lubbock, Texas. The inscription on his tombstone reads H-O-L-L-E-Y, the correct spelling of his surname, and includes pictures of a guitar. Buddy's Paul 
bearers were Joe Maudlin, Jerry Allison, Nikki Sullivan, Bob Montgomery, Sonny Curtis, and Phil Everly. 1964, an estimated crowd of over 4,000 fans and 200 journalists were on hand to greet the Beatles as they touched down at John F. Kennedy Airport in Queens, New York, and they would be driven by limo, one per Beatle, to the Plaza Hotel in New York City in preparation for their first appearance on The Ed Sullivan Show two days later. 1969, the ABC TV program This Is Tom Jones began its two-year, 65-episode run in the United States. The show, featuring Jones duetting with different guests each week, would be nominated for a Golden Globe Award later in the year. 1970, Ian Anderson of Jethro Tull married record company secretary Jenny Franks. That same year, Shocking Blue, a three-man, one-woman band from Holland, had the top single in America with Venus. It made number eight in the UK. 1974, soul artist Barry White is awarded four gold records for the singles Never Never Gonna Give You Up, Love's Theme, and the albums Under the Influence of Love Unlimited and Santegon. 1976, Paul Simon had his only solo number one hit in the United States when 50 Ways to Leave Your Lover made it to the top for the first of three weeks. 1981, Pink Floyd began the Wall Tour in the United States when they gave their first live performance of the new double album in Los Angeles. A 30-foot-high wall made of styrofoam blocks was constructed across the 160-foot stage in the first half of the show, and then following the intermission, it was thoroughly destroyed. That same year, a Jersey City sextet called Cool and a Gang, which featured Robert Cool Bell on lead vocals, had the top tune in America with Celebration. It would reach number seven in the UK and the top ten in six other countries. That same year, the TV miniseries Elvis and Me, based on Priscilla Presley's book, begins on ABC. 1984, Michael Jackson is noted in the Guinness Book of Records when his album Thriller passes the 25 million sales mark. 1987, Aretha Franklin and George Michael topped the UK singles chart with I Knew You Were Waiting For Me. The song gave Aretha her first UK number one, almost 20 years after her first hit. 2000, while battling cancer, lonesome Dave Preverett, lead singer of Savoy Brown and Foghat, died from double pneumonia at the age of 56. 2008, Caesars Palace in Las Vegas announced that Cher had been signed to perform approximately 200 shows over the next three years, beginning May 6th. The 61-year-old singer signed to perform 90-minute concerts four nights a week on Tuesday, Wednesday, Saturday, and Sunday. Tickets for the shows ranged between $95 and $250. 2011, Janet Jackson told NBC's Today Show, that although she had been holding back her grief for more than a year, she had finally started to accept her brother Michael's death. There's still not one day that goes by where I don't think about him. Not one day. Not one day. In 2015, Joe Maudlin, bassist for Buddy Holly and the Crickets, died of cancer at the age of 74. And this was February 7th, your day in rock. So I'm a big fan of Parks and Rec, and a lot of you guys are fans of Parks and Rec. And on the AV Club, William Hughes writes an article. Oh God, 
Parks and Rec's John Ralphio exists in the good place. Suggesting that either Pawnee, Indiana exists somewhere deep within the overarching metaphysical framework of the good place, or Michael Schur just really likes Easter eggs, viewers of the NBC Afterlife hit have stumbled onto evidence that ties the two shows' universes together. The clues popped up in The Good Place's recent second season finale, which saw our shrimp-obsessed semi-hero Eleanor Shellstrop wrestling with what a pain in the ass actual redemption can be. The show nimbly highlights Eleanor's inevitable backsliding by seeing her dip back into top-shelf garbage reading material like Celebrity Baby Plastic Surgery Disasters Magazine, home of articles like Elbow Botox, Totally Worth It. Amidst all this low-grade evil, though, the magazine also carries an ad for a product from exactly the kind of guy who'd spend his advertising dollars here. Parks and Rec's John Ralphio Saperstein. John Ralphio's champagne brand slogan, Turn That Frizzown Upsidicity, isn't the only Pawnee-based business advertising in whatever time travel scenario or pocket dimension Eleanor's currently hanging out in either. A previous issue of Celebrity Baby Plastic Surgery Disasters featured an advertisement for Glide, another signature scent from Dennis Feinstein, a.k.a. Dante Fierro, a.k.a. a dead ringer for Janet's old artificial boyfriend, Derek. Does that mean Leslie Nope is somewhere out there in Eleanor's world just waiting to be president and overhaul this whole crappy system of post-life government? Insert your various theories and arguments about how long Eleanor and co. have been in the afterlife here. Could Jason and Andy be friends? Is little Sebastian in the real good place? Hopefully, we'll know more when the show returns later this year. Anyway, this article made me kind of happy because, you know, Parks and Rec is still out there in the universe. How great! It gives me something to hope for, besides another reunion of the cast. I mean, there was just nothing better for a long time than Parks and Rec. And I miss all of those guys. Every single one of them. Okay, bye. So I'm a big fan of Parks and Rec, and a lot of you guys are fans of Parks and Rec. And on the AV Club, William Hughes writes an article. Oh, God. Parks and Rec's John Ralphio exists in the good place. Suggesting that either Pawnee, Indiana exists somewhere deep within the overarching metaphysical framework of the good place, or Michael Schur just really likes Easter eggs, viewers of the NBC Afterlife hit have stumbled onto evidence that ties the two shows' universes together. The clues popped up in The Good Place's recent second season finale, which saw our shrimp-obsessed semi-hero Eleanor Shellstrop wrestling with what a pain in the ass actual redemption can be. 
The show nimbly highlights Eleanor's inevitable backsliding by seeing her dip back into top-shelf garbage reading material like Celebrity Baby Plastic Surgery Disasters Magazine, home of articles like Elbow Botox, Totally Worth It. Amidst all this low-grade evil, though, the magazine also carries an ad for a product from exactly the kind of guy who'd spend his advertising dollars here. Parks and Rec's John Ralphio Saperstein. John Ralphio's champagne brand slogan, Turn that frizzown up sadicity, isn't the only Pawnee-based business advertising in whatever time travel scenario or pocket dimension Eleanor's currently hanging out in either. A previous issue of Celebrity Baby Plastic Surgery Disasters featured an advertisement for Glide, another signature scent from Dennis Feinstein, a.k.a. Dante Fierro, a.k.a. a dead ringer for Janet's old artificial boyfriend, Derek. Does that mean Leslie Nope is somewhere out there in Eleanor's world just waiting to be president and overhaul this whole crappy system of post-life government? Insert your various theories and arguments about how long Eleanor and co. have been in the afterlife here. Could Jason and Andy be friends? Is little Sebastian in the real good place? Hopefully, we'll know more when the show returns later this year. Anyway, this article made me kind of happy because, you know, Parks and Rec is still out there in the universe. How great! It gives me something to hope for, besides another reunion of the cast. I mean, there was just nothing better for a long time than Parks and Rec. And I miss all of those guys. Every single one of them. Okay, bye. Okay, so there's another article uh, that was published, I guess, yesterday on... Comedian Jim Carrey urges people to delete their Facebook accounts and dump the stock. Um, okay, let's see what this is about. So I'm reading it, and here we go. Jim Carrey is quitting Facebook and dumping his stock and is urging everyone else to do so as well. We must encourage more oversight by the owners of these social media platforms, Jim Carrey said in a statement to CNBC. This easy access has to be more responsibly handled. What we need now are activists, investors to send a message that responsible oversight is needed. What the world needs now is capitalism with a conscience. Okay, Jim, so you think we need to start with Facebook? Apparently. The comedian tweeted on Tuesday that he was selling his Facebook shares and deleting his page because the company profited from Russian interference during the 2016 U.S. election. He asked all other investors who care about our future to do the same. Carrie did not state how many Facebook shares he owned or sold. Okay. Yeah. I'm sure Facebook is shaking. Shaking right now. 
Facebook has admitted up to 126 million people saw Russian bought ads intended to sway the 2016 U.S. election. The company has also said its algorithms recommended content created by Russian operatives. Initially, CEO Mark Zuckerberg, the CEO Mark Zuckerberg, said the idea of Facebook impacting the elections was crazy but later apologized for dismissing the real concerns. For a long time, America enjoyed a geographical advantage in the world with oceans on both sides to protect it, Carrie said. Now, social media has created cyber bridges over which those who do not have our best interest in mind can cross, and we are allowing it. No wall is going to protect us from that. Facebook did not immediately respond to a request for comment. Okay, so I have a comment. Um, I don't think, first of all, that Facebook intentionally tried to participate in influencing the election by letting Russians buy an ad. I think, you know, Russia tried it. And they probably did it in a, in a way that, you know, wasn't totally detectable that there were Russians doing it. It makes sense to me. So, you know, Jim Carrey, you know, I get your problem, but I don't think that anybody is going to unfriend Facebook. Never mind, delete that app. Oh, my God, it's like suicide. Social media suicide to delete your Facebook account. I mean, come on. People are like, first of all, totally out of the loop if they delete the Facebook account. They don't know what the hell is going on. I mean, they don't know what their friend ate for breakfast yesterday or what a good restaurant is that's down the street until the people post those pictures or who went to the gym or who won at school for the art contest and you know you're you're just Jim you you don't know Facebook is like whoa local it's local and global and this print ad yeah that really sucks and I'm sure the company's working on it but um your little rant here your campaign uh, no no I think maybe Oprah maybe and not even Oprah could like get something like that going and and probably not Oprah. People people can't let Facebook go. They can't put it down. They can't delete it. No way. All their pictures, their vacations, their kids, their holidays. Jim Carrey get real. And that's my rant. So this week in class um we were studying about the LGBTQ community, and um, we watched uh, an amazing film, short film, that a lot of people know about, but I actually had not known about, which was a short film called Trevor. It was about 16 minutes, but the film is very inspiring, and um, it highlights... Uh, what an adolescent teen going through um, high school and a period of time where he's questioning 
uh, how he feels, uh, what his orientation is, and what will he um, do to resolve his um, unrequited love for his friend who now wants nothing to do with him because his friend is straight. And anyway, um, so this film spurred the Trevor Project, and it's very, very important. And it is uh, a website, www.thetrevorproject.org, and there is a phone number, 1-866-488-7386. Again, it is a hotline for anyone who uh, needs to talk, who feels uh, very depressed, who feels like they've hit a wall, and the only answer is um, to hurt yourself. Well, the Trevor Project is here to help you climb out of that hole and help you get away from that wall. And it's a super unbelievable resource, and I just wanted to let people know about it. And if you have time to go on YouTube and watch the movie, which is very inspiring. And yes, I shed many tears, but you know, the struggle is real. Like they say, hashtag the struggle is real. And it's a great, great project. They do have people, volunteers manning this project. And uh, they have, like I said, they have a resource uh, for talking to somebody. You can chat with somebody. You can text. Uh, they have information up on this site. It is super powerful, high-energy, positive site. Do not give up. That's your big bottom line message. People are there for you. Hurting yourself is not the answer to deal with someone else's hate. People will hate all kinds of things. Do not let their hate minimize who you are in this universe. So anyway, I just wanted to put that out there and um, promote it. It is super, super, super awesome, and we are blessed to have a project like this. So, Trevor Project. 1,000 thumbs up. So, I'm a fan of A.A. A. Milne, and he is the author of Winnie the Pooh, and other items, other poems. I'm not embarrassed about this, and I'm not going to be embarrassed about it. Instead, I'm going to share a really cool poem called The Island that he wrote. If I had a ship, I'd sail my ship, I'd sail my ship through eastern seas, down to a beach where the slow waves thunder, the green curls over and the white falls under, boom, 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 on the sun-bright sand. Then I'd leave my ship and I'd land, and climb the steep white sand, and climb to the trees, the six dark trees, the coconut trees on the cliff's green crown, hands and knees to the coconut trees, face to the cliff as the stones patter down. Up, 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 staggering, stumbling, round the corner where the rock is crumbling, round this shoulder, over this boulder, 
up to the top where the six trees stand. And there would I rest and lie, my chin in my hands and gaze at the dazzle of sand below, and the green waves curling slow and the gray-blue distant haze where the sea goes up to the sky. And I'd say to myself, as I look so lazily down at the sea, there's nobody else in the world, and the world was made for me. And guess what, guys? The world was made for you, too. So have a great rest of your Wednesday, and I'll see you tomorrow.